exploring the faith, life, and sport of Christians in sport. This is FLS. Here's your host, Brea Burrell. Hello and welcome to this episode of the FLS podcast, looking at the faith, life, and sport of past and present Christians in sport. And in this episode, we're looking at a different side of a Christian in sport, and that of a sports chaplain. Simon Flinders is my guest. He's the chaplain for the New South Wales cricket team. We'll be hearing coming up about what he does through that role, more about being a sports chaplain, his main ministry work, his faith, and we'll talk a bit of cricket in there as well. So let's get it underway. Welcome to FLS, Simon Flinders. Thanks, Graham. Great to be here. Great to chat with you. Now, lots to chat with you about in this interview, but firstly, can you explain to us what is a sports chaplain? Mm. Yeah, thanks for the question. Uh, sports chaplaincy has got a long history in Australia. There's an organisation which uh, many of us are a part of called Sports Chaplaincy Australia. Um, and Sports Chaplaincy Australia coordinates the work of chaplains in local clubs as well as in professional or elite sports teams. And sports chaplaincy is basically a ministry of care uh, and encouragement where trained people get alongside um, members of sporting communities and seek to support them in whatever they're going through um, and obviously look for opportunities to share their faith when, when those opportunities arise as well. Now, your background is as a, as a church minister. Do you need right. that to, to then go into sports chaplaincy or can anyone really do it? Yeah, yeah, not at all. I mean, obviously, um, trained pastors have um, good skills and experience that lend themselves to chaplaincy, but there are lots of people... Uh, who don't have those professional qualifications or experience who make excellent sports chaplains. Anyone who uh, likes sport and who wants to care for people in sporting communities and uh, happy to be trained uh, can do this kind of work. Now on that, going back, you've been involved as a chaplain for the New South Wales cricket team for around, I think, 18 years and also connected with Sports Chaplaincy Australia. So what came first? Um, yeah, so I've actually been uh, sports chaplain for close to 20 years now. Oh, okay. I, think it was, I think it was sort of February 2004 that I first started. So pretty close to bringing up my um, second decade of, of sports chaplaincy. Yeah, I, uh, I knew the sports chaplain at um, Cricket New South Wales uh, and had been praying for him in his ministry when he decided in early 2004 that he was keen to uh, pass it on to somebody else. So he asked me if I'd be willing to consider it. Um, as a great cricket lover, I didn't have to think too long about that. Um, and from the outset, uh, I linked up with Sports Chaplaincy Australia and have really benefited from the support and encouragement and um, and training that they've been able to provide. So obviously the love of cricket has helped you along the way as well. Definitely, yep. Yeah, one of the very first questions the coach at the time asked me when I met him was, um, do you actually like cricket? And I said, yeah, I do. And that was all he needed to know. He just, he moved on. <laughs> uh, for, for a previous interview, I, I spoke to a, a sports chaplain at an AFL team. And when mm. the, uh, the, I suppose the football team found out that the, the chaplain had a bit of a, a football background, he, uh, from what I believe, gets involved with sort of helping the sort of the team warm up on game day. Is there any circumstances where you've been asked to help with a net session for New South Wales over the years? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I often turn up to net sessions. Net sessions have been a good opportunity for me to connect with players. Um, only on one occasion have I actually uh, bowled in the nets, but but I'm often picking up balls and throwing them back to people and that kind of thing. 
but uh, mostly hanging around looking for opportunities to talk. I would want to embarrass myself. <laughs> and what what is your cricketing background? Just what club cricket? Oh yeah, yeah, lots of lots of club cricket for me. Played as a junior uh, for both kind of local club and school teams. Um, went for a long while, especially while we had young kids not playing. But in the last few years, I've uh, started playing local club park cricket again on a Saturday afternoon with a sort of all-age team, which I've really loved. So I've been back into it probably for five or six years now on a Saturday. Okay, perfect. Let's go back as well, Simon, if you can share, please, about your faith, which we love to hear from our mm. guests as part of the podcast. Was it something that you had growing up or did you come to faith mm. later on in life? Yeah, very happy to share, Graham. I um, have the great privilege of having grown up in a Christian home. So from my earliest uh, memories, I was hearing about the Lord Jesus and opening the Bible, uh, both with my family at home and with a church family. And so from, uh, yeah, the youngest age, I've uh, trusted Christ and haven't really known a time where that hasn't been true for me. There's definitely been kind of periods of significant growth and you know, new realisation and a time when I really needed to sort of own that faith for myself. But, um, yeah, I count it a great privilege, something I'm very thankful to God for, that I've, I've always been a Christian as long as I can remember. And moving into ministry, your background is as a Sydney Anglican minister. How did all that come about? Hmm. Yeah, so after I finished uh, university, um, I'd sort of been planning to head in the direction of becoming a school teacher. Uh, but was offered an opportunity to consider a ministry apprenticeship on a university campus uh, and really kind of wrestle with those choices. But I'd had a lot of encouragement, I guess, from other Christians to consider Christian ministry as a vocation. Um, and I guess the more I uh, engaged in Christian ministry work, the more I realised how much I loved it, uh, how much God had wired me up for it, gifted me for it. And, and so I took that opportunity to do a ministry apprenticeship straight after my university study. Uh, and from there I went on um, with a cohort of people I'd got to know into Bible college um, and uh, and my training. Yeah. And uh, as we speak to you today, you've left, I suppose, full-time church ministry as such in terms of being a minister. Can you share about your role that you have currently? Yeah, so um, from the beginning of uh, 2023, I began working full-time as uh, the Archdeacon to the Archbishop of Sydney. And so uh, my role is really to give him advice and to share his workload and to help, um, particularly with the implementation of strategic ministry projects across our diocese. So it's a really different role to local church ministry. I really love local church ministry and miss it in lots of ways. But finding this new role, thinking about the whole diocese and network and how we can serve the gospel across the whole city, uh, very, very stimulating. Okay, cool. And and then along with that, as you said, with your chaplaincy work with Cricket New South Wales, how do you balance and how does that fit in? And if you can share, what would, a, a, I suppose, during the cricket season at least, what's a, what's a regular week for you in terms of your chaplaincy work? Yeah, to be honest, Graham, I think uh, I've found it harder to juggle um, the cricket chaplaincy, which I do in an honorary kind of voluntary capacity uh, alongside my my new work. So that's something I'm kind of still wrestling with. Um, but, uh, yeah, look, I, I try to fit in what I can for the cricket chaplaincy around my other responsibilities, and that's always been the case even when I was in local church ministry. Um, uh, during the cricket season, I would kind of aim to get to something uh, pretty regularly, whether it's turning up at a game and uh, talking to players, watching a bit of cricket, turning up to a training session um, and 
you know, getting alongside players, getting to know them, checking in with how they're going. Not only players, but also staff. I consider that to be a sort of significant part of my responsibility to care for those who are working alongside the players. Professional sporting teams like the New South Wales Blues have a lot of support staff as well. Um, and uh, I, I guess beyond that, there's a lot of just kind of interacting with players over text message or that sort of stuff. Um, occasionally giving someone a call, just sort of seeing how they are responding to things that I know are going on in their lives, both kind of professionally with their sport or outside of cricket too. So yeah, range of range of ways in which I'm connecting with them. And the, I suppose the response from the players, they're quite open to you being around and, and checking in with them. Yeah, look, it's a real, um, it's a real mixture. I'm, I'm very grateful for the way that cricket New South Wales have um, supported my sort of chaplaincy over the whole 20 years. I felt like um, they've welcomed me in. Um, I guess individual players really vary in the way that they respond. Some really, I, I think, appreciate have someone ha- having someone they can talk to and are very keen to take that opportunity up. Uh, others are a bit more standoffish, like kind of ministry in many places, I guess, um, just trying to read the room and get to know the players and see what see what they need from me and respect that. Now, Simon, one thing I do want to ask you, please, uh, during your role as cricket chaplain was back in 2014 and the death of South Australian, but also former player with New South Wales, Philip Hughes. Can you share with us, please, from your time as chaplain, how you were called upon to support both the staff and players at Cricket New South Wales? Yeah, yeah, thanks, Graham. That was a very, um, very intense um, and difficult time for everybody, uh, really everyone in the cricket fraternity across Australia, but particularly for... uh, Cricket South Australia and Cricket New South Wales, where Philip had played previously. Um, many of us knew him personally, including my, myself. And um, so it was very, uh, it was a challenging time for me, both grieving personally, losing someone I kind of knew and cared about, but also trying to care for other people who were doing the same. And, and for a lot of the Cricket New South Wales players, particularly, this, this kind of was a kind of event they'd never experienced before, losing a peer, particularly in the context of a cricket game, um, was a great shock to people. Uh, yeah, through those through those kind of immediate weeks after uh, Phil's initial injury, um, I really effectively became a kind of full-time cricket chaplain with the support of my church community at the time who were sort of happy to release me to that and was very thankful for that. So I just spent a lot of time hanging out with cricket players um, around the SCG, um, sometimes at the hospital where Phil was for a couple of days before he died. Uh, and then I travelled with uh, the New South Wales cricket team up to Phil's funeral in northern New South Wales. Spent a lot of time interacting with the chaplains from um, other cricket teams as well, particularly the South Australian cricket chaplain at the time, praying for each other. Uh, and just, yeah, trying to talk to players and staff as much as I could and um, just see how they were travelling. It was Yeah, it was a very... Very difficult time, but a very important time in the life of cricket New South Wales. Mm, no, thank you. Thank you for sharing. One question I sort of was, was thinking about, as obviously mm. you're a chaplain to the players, but is mm. there a chaplain for the chaplains? Mm. Yeah, it's a, it's a good question, Graham, and it's a really important one, I think, because um, chaplaincy can be quite um, emotionally taxing, can be challenging in various ways for the chaplain. Often chaplains are called in, particularly in sort of more traumatic moments, uh, responding to emergencies. Um, and so it's really important that chaplains are well supported. Um, I've probably got three answers to that question, I think. Firstly, just to say, again, that Sports Chaplaincy Australia have been great. They, you know, they have a system 
whereby they're trying to provide support to their chaplains on the ground and um, ways of gathering those chaplains together and supporting them prayerfully. So I really appreciated that. Sports Chaplaincy Australia also, secondly, I guess, operates on the principle that it's really important for chaplains to have a church community that understands their chaplaincy role and supports them in it. And that's been my experience as well. I'm grateful to have been supported by a church community. Um, thirdly, for myself, one of the things I implemented very early on was I just gathered a group of kind of close friends who I could really trust to share some prayer points with regularly. And I've aimed sort of once a month or, or two to send a little list of prayer points to a small group of people who've prayed regularly for me through that past 20 years. And that, that little circle of um, prayer support has been a great blessing as well. Okay. And do you have a role with Sports Chaplaincy Australia? Um, yeah, I have done in the past. So I was on the board of Sports Chaplaincy Australia for several years. Mm -hmm. I actually um, resigned from that at the end of last year when I knew I was taking up this new responsibility. I just didn't think I could keep doing it. But, um, yeah, it was a privilege to serve as one of the directors of Sports Chaplaincy Australia nationally uh, for a number of years and work with a, a great team of people on that board and with the CEO uh, to continue to sort of shape the direction and um, ensure that the kind of Ministry of Sports Chaplaincy Australia continues into the future. And is that the sort of organisation, if there was a sporting group, if, say, someone was listening and they wanted to get a, a sports chaplain into their, um, you know, yeah. whether it be amateur, professional, sporting team, it sort of would be through them and then they would then filter that down and then maybe appoint or, or reach out to someone? Is that how it works? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, Sports Chaplaincy Australia welcomes approaches from sporting clubs who would like to have a chaplain. Um, but also welcomes approaches from people who are interested in sports chaplaincy who'd be um, keen to be trained. And definitely there are lots of chaplains working in elite sports like I've been, but um, I guess a real emphasis for Sports Chaplaincy Australia at the moment is really trying to grow the reach of sports chaplains in local sporting clubs. And if I could just give an example, I guess, you know, of, of the impact of that. So I was formerly the um, uh, senior pastor of a church in Northbridge here in Sydney, uh, heading off to sort of meet, you know, New South Wales cricketers where I'm kind of interacting with maybe sort of 25 or 30 people regularly. But in my suburb at Northbridge was a soccer club. It's one of the largest soccer clubs in Sydney. I think it had kind of something like 2,000 sort of members in it. Um, and the opportunity for a local sports chaplain to connect with that community, you can just see immediately the opportunities for reaching into the community connecting people to the local church. And so this is an area of ministry that I guess Sports Chaplaincy Australia are really keen to see develop. So any local sporting club members who might be listening or people who'd be interested in local sports chaplains in the local area, I'd love them to get in touch with Sports Chaplaincy Australia and express their interest. Well, it's halftime on today's episode of the FLS podcast. My guest is Sports Chaplain Simon Flinders. Now, if you are interested in getting some more details on Sports Chaplaincy Australia, you can just head to their website, sportschaplaincy.com.au. But it is halftime, and what we love to do at halftime here on the FLS podcast is to ask our guests a whole bunch of fun, quick questions. So first one, Simon, you shared in the interview that you are back playing club cricket. Are you a batter or a bowler? I'm a little bit of both. Um, a slow off-spin bowler uh, and maybe a middle-order bat. Okay. Favourite cricketer of all time? Ooh, tough question. Um, probably going to go with Mark Taylor. Absolutely love watching Tubby play for Australia. Um, if you could be the sports chaplain for one other sporting team anywhere in the world, uh, which club or which team would it be? Mm. Uh, 
Oh, look, I would. I kind of have a long-term dream of watching cricket at Lords, which I've never been able to do. So I'm going to go with say the English cricket team, Lords Test matches against Australia. Although I'd be a bit conflicted about who to support, I guess. <laughs> you, would, you would be. Um, if I'm coming over for dinner at your place, what are you cooking for dinner? Uh, I'm throwing some steak on the barbie and making you a great salad. Sounds good. Your favourite movie? Well, I'm kind of a child of the 80s, so Dead Poets Society was kind of one of those movies that I absolutely loved for many years. I'm going to go with that. In the current New South Wales squad, if you can share, who would you describe as, say, the biggest prankster? Or who's who's the one who's always mucking around sharing jokes? Mm, that's, that actually is quite hard. Uh, I've got kind of a lot of previous answers. So in previous squads, Doug Bollinger was like the ultimate jokester. <laughs> and then Harry Conway, definitely a very funny guy. He has recently left the New South Wales kind of set up to to move to South Australia. They're the, they're the two guys who stick in my memory as the biggest jokes, jokers. Now in the Big Bash, are you Sixers or Thunder? Uh, I have to be um, very uh, supportive of players in both sides, but um, I do have a soft spot for the Sixers. Do you get seconded to, to one team or the other as chaplain? I have over the years um, been more of a kind of a Sixers chaplain than a Thunder chaplain, chaplain but um, I, I do kind of have a, a great affection for players in both teams. So. Okay. Very, yeah. very, very diplomatic there, Simon. And uh, final question, who would you rather face if you were batting in the nets, facing Brett Lee or Mitchell Stark? <laughs> I'd be terrified on both counts. I'd probably rather face Brett Lee just because I think that kind of in-swinging Yorker with which Mitchell Stark can crush your toes would be a little bit too terrifying. Well, that wraps up halftime on this episode of the FLS podcast. My guest is Simon Flinders, sports chaplain with the New South Wales cricket team. And it's time to hear more from Simon. So let's get the second half underway. Now, Simon, from the work that sports chaplains can provide to a team, whether amateur or professional, are there any other positives that you can share with us, please? Yeah, look, I think... um Obviously, a lot of um, members of sporting communities are younger people. Not not all are, um, and so uh, just the opportunities, I guess, to help young people, particularly in Australia, um, process um, things that might happen in the course of their sporting life or um, their wider kind of family circumstances, personal circumstances that they're encountering for the first time. I mean, that was definitely a feature of what I experienced during the time when Phil Hughes died. Um, you know, just thinking about death, thinking about um, suffering in life. Often young people uh, are experiencing those things for the first time and to have a kind of a mature Christian person walk alongside them who can help them make sense of that, even if they're not interested in faith at that point, I think that's a great service to our community. Um, but certainly the opportunities to go from those kind of places into talking about the difference that God makes in our lives, uh, where those opportunities arise um, that that's a great kind of privilege. Uh, we, we talk about kind of sports chaplaincy largely as a ministry of, of presence, of mm. being with people, building relationship, uh, embedding yourself in a community, um, and then finding ways to serve that community and to bless them with kind of Christian love. And sometimes we do find that that kind of presence and um, care leads to opportunities to to share the gospel of Jesus. And, and that's, I guess, the kind of pattern that sports chaplaincy follows wherever it exists. Now, going back to your chaplaincy role with Cricket New South Wales, and I think you touched on this earlier, like anywhere, 
Uh, some of the players might be more open to hearing about the gospel than others. Is it a case that they come to you first, ask the questions, and then you respond rather than the other way around? Is that how it works? That's right, Graham. I think kind of like chaplaincy and other uh, spheres as well in schools or hospitals or prisons, um, you know, often uh, chaplains uh, aim to be really respectful of the environment they're in, uh, the fact that it's not a it's not a church. You're kind of on someone else's patch, I guess. Um, but I guess winning the kind of opportunities to to share and and seeing who's interested. So yeah, I'm always keen not to um, shove things down people's throats, but definitely looking for opportunities uh, to open that conversation up with those who are interested in it and to, and to see where that goes. Yeah, and, and, and obviously I should say as well, there's an opportunity to support Christians who mm-hmm. you know people who already believe in those uh, sporting communities. Uh, by getting along alongside them and encouraging them in their faith in the context of sport. Yeah, um, and I obviously we touched on your sort of your, your chaplaincy role with with cricket during the cricket season, but does it continue mm. uh, for you? Say in the off season, like cricket, I suppose around the world is is yeah. 12, twelve months of the year. Are you yes. connecting in with the? I suppose the more so that the the New South Wales players in what we would sort of call here in Australia our off season. Yeah, uh, again, depending on the relationship that I've got with them, but that's definitely the case. You know, there's a lot of New South Wales players who represent their country mm. or who represent, uh, you know, 2020 franchises around the world. And so I'm, I'm always keen to sort of follow them, see how they're going, checking in with them, um, you know, congratulating them on a good performance, perhaps commiserating with them when things haven't gone so well. Um, and I guess over the years now that I've done it for such a long time, I've developed some really good relationships with players who are now retired. Um, and so those relationships and my contact with them sort of continue all year round. It's definitely not dependent upon upon the season where I've got sort of strong relationships with people, either present or former players. Have yeah. they given you a nickname? Is there a nickname you've had over the years? Uh, <laughs> most of them just call me Simon. Some some um, some have called me Rev yeah. or Chaplain or something like that. But um, yeah. Mostly just on. I think a few other chaplains I've spoken to, Rev, Rev's I think a, a common one that, that's given yeah, to, to the sports that's... chaplain. And yep, for you, yep. like you're obviously, it's something you would love to continue doing uh, for the foreseeable future? Yeah, I think, as I said before, I guess this is something that I've got to really sort of weigh up, um, whether I've got sort of the capacity to do this well. I think, you know, the, the question for me is, after 20 years, you kind of build a lot of really strong relationships. So that takes time and I don't want to sort of give that up lightly, but I also don't want to sort of deprive, I guess, Cricket New South Wales of the opportunity to have a chaplain who's really very available as well. So I think they're the things that I'm wrestling with at the moment. Do I have the capacity to do it as well as I need to? Um, but at the same time, uh, it takes someone else quite a long time to sort of build up the rapport that I've managed to gain over a number of years. So, yeah, I, I, I sort of a, something to think and pray about for me. And, and last question, and I suppose going back to more Sports Chaplaincy Australia, and is, is there, I'm guessing, there's, there's an overall need for more sports chaplains? Yeah, yeah massive need, um, Graham, especially like when you think about the kind of prevalence of local sporting clubs in our communities. There are thousands of these clubs around Australia. And, and I honestly think that um, sport represents an incredibly unique opportunity in our country to connect with people who perhaps won't enter church um, every Sunday or who aren't interested in that. Um, sport is a point of connection in, in our country um, in particular that I think is a golden opportunity. Um, and so Sports Chaplaincy Australia definitely have more sporting clubs who want a chaplain than they have trained and available chaplains. And so 
um, yeah, there's a huge need there. And um, we'd love to sort of see more Christians in Australia engaged with thinking about how they could serve. Now, a love of sport first and foremost, would that help if moving into the sports chaplaincy area then is training provided as well? That's right. Yeah, love of sport helps. Um, care for people and love of Jesus are really important kind of key criteria as well. But Sports Chaplaincy Australia provide really excellent training at a number of levels for their chaplains. So they they provide sort of an initial training package, which gives people a chance to sort of find out about sports chaplaincy, um, what's involved, and I guess to make an assessment about whether it's something they'd like to do. So uh, there's a kind of an entry-level training like that. There's a kind of a training program they take anyone through who wants to be kind of accredited as a chaplain. And then they also offer other training in, in things like kind of responding to emergencies um, and that kind of more critical care dimension of chaplaincy. So Sports Chaplaincy Australia has really excellent training in, in each of those kind of areas. Well, Simon Flinders, thanks so much for your time today and for us hearing more about the work of a sports chaplain. Thanks, Graham. Really appreciate you having me. Well, thanks for joining me today on this episode of FLS. If there's anyone in your part of the world you love us to chat with, please get in touch. For all the details on the podcast, including contact details, please head to our website, faithlifesport.com. And I look forward to you joining me next time. We're back at On The Field together, hearing about the faith, life and sport of past and present Christians in sport in the next episode of FLS. FLS is supported by mission partner Fellowship of Christian Athletes. FCA's vision is to see the world transformed by Jesus Christ through the influence of coaches and athletes. FCA is for those involved with sport at all levels, ages and abilities to the elite standard. Contact FLS to find out ways that you can be engaged, equipped and empowered to live for Jesus and outreach in your sporting world. Fellowship of Christian Athletes, the heart and soul of sport. For more details, head to faithlifesport.com.